Oh, hey, welcome to the underground. A place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. A place to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into you. This is where repentance starts, where revival begins. And who am I? Just a voice and one calling out saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Welcome to the underground. In Matthew 4, verse 17, it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach. What was his message? Saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Matthew chapter 3, and verse 2, it says, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Luke 5 and 32. Jesus told him, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Luke 15 and 10 says, in the same way, I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Romans 2, 4 says, do you ignore the fact that the purpose of God kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Micah 1 Chapter 2 and verse 3 says, attention, let all the people of the world listen. Let the earth and everything in it hear what the sovereign Lord is saying. He's making accusations against you. The Lord speaks from his holy temple. Look, the Lord is coming. I say all this to say that I'm not preaching anything new here tonight. I'm just another voice calling out in the wilderness of America, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right, you guys, I appreciate you guys coming out tonight to chill as we go through the word of God, get into the word of God, while the word of God get into us. I hope you've been having a blessed week. Hope you've been having a peaceful day. And I hope that your heart has been focused on God. Do me a favor if you can, type in the comment section and let me know how do I sound. So before I get started, I just want to make sure I, everybody can hear me real good. Let's see. Do I sound good, everybody? Do I sound good? Okay, great, great. Uh, I had another awesome, awesome visit to the uh, prisons, the prison, just a couple of hours ago. I uh, started going on Mondays now. Uh, go to Mondays two hours out of the. Uh, Every Monday, man, had an excellent visit with those guys. Uh, we uh, talked about uh, just being just a man of God, encouraging them brothers, man. And, uh, man, God is doing a mighty work. It's it's awesome to see those brothers uh, really zone in and really try to get what God wants them to get for their life. And uh, I'm excited for them brothers because I know God is going to use them in mighty ways. And, uh Y'all just keep keep them in prayer. Don't forget those who are in chains. Don't forget those who are in chains, you know. All right, the word of God tells me 
you read the word of God, it tells us very clearly that if I don't repent of my sins and accept Jesus Christ, there's an eternity separated from God. So we, we, we have to make this clear to our society. We have to make this very clear that if you reject Jesus Christ, you will spend eternity in hell. Okay. Now, I, th there's plenty of scriptures talking about hell. Okay. And just because we're not talking about it or just because we may not uh, believe in it doesn't mean it's not real. <laughs> so uh, we have to let people know that hell is real. How do I know hell is real? Because the word of God tells me. You know, I don't I don't try to book what God is saying. A lot of times uh, when we're reading the word, we're, we're, we're looking at it from a standpoint of prove it. We want God to prove it to us. Or we won't we won't immediately we want to uh, say, well, where's the proof of these things? And that's that's one of these topics when when we talk about hell. A lot of people believe or they feel that God won't send anybody to hell. But here's what I got to say about that. What the Holy Spirit wants you to hear is that who cares what you feel? The word of God has been spoken already. And we can't just brush this topic or we can't brush these type of things away just because we don't believe God would do that. Example, let me give you an example. Uh, when you're getting hired at a job or when you're going through a training process and you're going through orientation, and most of the time these jobs have a policy in place that says, hey, if you do a no call, no show for probably like three days or two days, or, you know, or four or so, they say you will be terminated. Right. Has anybody ever uh, had that with their job? I'm I'm one of them. That the job says, "Hey, if you do a three day no call, no show, you will be terminated." Now, when a job tells us that, or when the boss tells us that, do we tell the boss, "Well, I need proof"? <laughs> do we say that? No. Do we say, "Well, I don't believe that you will do that"? No, we don't do that. We just believe it and we make sure, hey, well, let me make sure I don't do a no call, no show three days in a row. That's what we do. We take it for what it is. We're not trying to question it. We're not telling the boss, well, matter of fact, I need you to prove it to me. So why, when it comes to the word of God and certain things, we are so stiff-necked, hard-headed people when it comes to his word we have to ask ourselves that you got to ask yourself is that the type of lifestyle that you walk in that you go try it you go buck it a little bit to see 
if God is really real about what he's saying. Let me read this verse real quick. I'm going to read John chapter 3 and verse 16. But I'm going to keep reading some of it because I know 16 is a favorite verse of uh, our society. But if you keep reading, there's more to it. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Right. So we grew up on that verse. I mean, everybody knows that verse. Everyone should know that verse. So he's, he's saying, hey, I gave you Jesus. Anyone who believes in him, you will not perish. You will have eternal life. But verse 17 says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. What are, what are we going to do with verses like that? To all my people who say that, hey, you don't have to accept Jesus. There's many other ways. What are we going to do with verses like this? Before you die, you have to face verses like this. Before you die, you have to have a one-on-one -on -one with these type of verses. You're going to have to have a therapy session with verses like this. You're going to have to have your dinner date with verses like this. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. We're talking about Jesus. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. Powerful verse. Bold verse. And it draws the line, too. It draws the line. It's not this all-inclusive type, you know, conversation that's going on in our society. No, this draws the line. And as God's children, as God's spokesmen, as God's disciples, you're going to have to draw the line in love, in truth. You're going to have to draw it. And that's when you begin to face persecution. When you start to draw that line. Let's be real. Majority of us uh, westernized <laughs> believers we don't face that much persecution. You know, we don't face it that much. We got to kind of, yeah, the hardest thing we might face is, you know, somebody might block us on social media or something like that. Or, you know, people may not respond to us or things like that. But the type of persecution, we're not really facing it like that. You want to know why? Because we haven't been trained yet to how to draw that line. But God is training us now. He's building us, he's building us up. Not only that we're going to draw the line without speaking, but we're going to draw the line with our life. 
And that's when persecution begins to happen for the believer, for the disciple of Christ. But let's uh, tackle a couple of verses about hell. Just, just to put it out there. In Revelation 21 and verse 8, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the murderers, sexual immorals, the sorcerers, the idolaters, he said, you liars, their portion would be in the lake that burns with fire, which is the second death. What see what I'm saying? What are we gonna do with that? Is we just was he playing? Y'all remember Friday when uh Craig and uh Smokey they was on the uh the, the porch and he was asking him, hey, what we gonna do with Big Worm? And Smokey was like, Man, that fool just playing. And Craig had to let him know that's your problem. You always playing. Ain't nobody playing. And I'm here to tell some of you guys out here who think God is playing. That's your problem. You think he playing? You think you think he playing? He know where your mama stay at, my mama stay at. Huh? I'm telling y'all. He said it's the second death. What does I'm like, what the second death? And then he says it's the lake that burns with fire. So well, he's talking about hell. I just don't believe God. It don't matter what you believe. It don't matter how you feel. He's telling us these people go go to hell. Okay, let's keep going. Matthew chapter 10 and 28 says, and do not fear those who kill the body. So he said, I don't, don't fear those people who kill bodies, who be killing the, the gang members and murderers and all these people out here, the hit mans. He said, don't fear that but they cannot kill the soul. He say, rather fear him, which is God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So my soul and body go go to hell? What you gonna do with that verse? Can't just sweep it under the rug. Can't just sweep it up under the uh, kitchen refrigerator like you used to do when your mama told you to clean the kitchen. Can't just do that. Can't just sweep it up under the bed and say, tell God, I'm finished. I got it. Nah, nah, can't do that. He's serious about this. You know? So, and then in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So here's the thing. It, it's not prepared for us. It's prepared for the devil and his angels. But because we have rejected his sons, he may have to tell a couple people, hey, depart from me. You cursed. You cursed. Revelations 20 and 15, it says, and if any one name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. 
He's talking about hell, you guys. Now, I'm not one of, uh, I, I've never seen hell. I've never been to hell. I never had a dream about it. So happy I haven't. To be honest with you, I ain't trying to see it. I ain't trying to visit it. I ain't trying to, look, the word is good enough for me. I don't need to go there for a couple of days and come back. I, I'm good. And, and to those people who went and, hey, thank you for your testimony. Sorry you had to experience that. But I'm not trying to experience it. And you don't have to experience it either, woman of God, man of God. So go ahead and repent of your sins right now. Right now, while you got, before we even get started into the word, you know, hey, anybody, you may be driving right now, listening. You may be at, on, uh, at work right now, checking people out, stocking some on the shelves. Right. You may be in the trap house right now. You trapping. But for some reason, you want to listen to the word of God. But hey, I hear you. Hmm? You may be riding around right now, rolling up, smoking. I hear you. But check this out. Why you have the opportunity to go ahead and stop what you're doing. And say, God, look, I'm not trying to go to hell. Just tell them just like that. If you want to just just be blunt with them. I ain't trying to go to hell, God. You know, I got burnt one time when I touched the stove and it didn't feel good. And according to your word, you talking about it's going to be there for eternity. You said we're going to be there for eternity. Now, I, I don't know. I, my mind can't even grasp that, God, but I'm not trying to get down like that. So uh, my life is, 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 is a wreck right now, God. I'm doing all type of things, but I want to accept your son, Jesus, so I won't have to go to hell. That, that's just the first thing, God, to be honest with you. You know, I'm not, I'm really not trying to be no minister, God. I'm not, I'm really not trying to go to church like that. I'm just scared of hell, God. So can we, you know, work some out? Ask God to work some out with you. You know, sometimes you got to put your religious talk and religious uh, prayers away and just be real with God and say, God, can we work some out? Do you mind? Can can I put some on layaway? Can I, you know what? Can I put some on it? Can I pay some on it, God? Or did I, something? I don't know, God. I don't know how to do this, but I'm not trying to go to hell. And I don't want anybody to go to hell. He said it was prepared for the devil and his angels. I'm not trying to chill with them like that at all. Man, in 2 Thessalonians in 1.9, it says, they will suffer the punish, punishment of eternal destruction. Who is they? Anybody who rejects Jesus. Anybody who rejects Jesus away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. And then in Matthew 13 and 50, it says, Throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. So you gonna be? It's gonna be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Now I don't. You know, I looked that up. I, I, it's like grinding of the teeth. You know, this is some scary stuff. Scary. It is not meant for you. It is not meant for you, woman of God. It is not meant for you, young man. Young man, come on. You got to turn to God right now. 
Because if you die cripping, you going to hell. You die pyruing, you going to hell, young man. That's right. Yes. You die GD, you going to hell, young man. You going to hell. For eternity. See one thing about when you uh you uh you go to prison, most of the times, you know, unless you get life without parole, there's an opportunity for you to get out. You know, if you do a couple of times, you know, if you do half of that time, you can face the parole board. If you've been good, you know, been doing what you had to do inside the uh, them prison walls, you have the opportunity to get out. But when you go to hell, I don't think it's no parole boards. There's no escape. This ain't no shin shock redemption. You ain't getting out. Andy. <laughs> There's no getting out of here. You go be in there. And Man, I, I just, I don't wish that on anybody. I don't wish that on anybody. You know, so let's start to let people know, especially the soldiers up in here, you know. My soldiers up in here, you already know you're on the front line. Wherever you at, you the, the general where you at. Hey, you got to start letting people, when you have those conversations with people, I know it's going to be tough and it's going to be hard and, you know, but we got to draw that line and let people know. We really do, you know, and we can have an intelligent conversation with them, too, you know, because I hear everybody. Everybody wants to keep it 100 these days. You know, everybody wants you to keep it 100 or everybody want to keep it 100. Look, the only way you can keep it 100 is give your life to God. Just give your life to God. If, the, if you want to keep it 100, just give your life to God. He will get you to start walking towards that 100 that you're trying to walk towards but people out here who are not walking with god and they talking about they 100 let me they lying <laughs> they lying <laughs> they lying they not keeping it 100 it's, it's impossible it's impossible to keep it 100 without god because the falsehood spirit comes over you so quickly you know in proverbs 14 2 it say there's a way to seem right but the end there is, is death. One of my favorite verses. So it's hard to keep it 100 without having God governing your life. All right. All right. Let's go to. Uh, uh, so. Away. With with the church, I, I see that the church is a lot of these platforms and churches uh i want to speak to this real quick holy spirit really want to speak to, to this oh, this the churches can't become a talk show okay we can't become a talk show we can't become a a, a place where you know we setting up chairs on stage and we got panels and we discussing things and we trying to have conversations you know i was just strolling while up under the sun just strolling and i'm seeing this 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 little thing creep into the church where 
we want to have conversations. <laughs> and, you know, we setting up things like we we talk show hosts and, and we got, you know, waters and we got the nice tables set up and nice couches. And come on now. Listen, the church is meant for the preaching of the gospel and the saved souls. If you want to be a talk show host, hey, go ahead and do that. But let's not try to sneak these things into the church and start confusing, especially our young-minded, impressionable minds, the young people. You know? We're not trying to have, we're not trying to meet people in the middle. I, 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 I cannot, I can't with this conversation. Let's meet people. No, 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 no. We need to meet God where he's telling us to meet him at, period. That's how this, that's, that's how this has to, has to go. When you want certain jobs in this society, Right. And you need you may need a degree to do these, get these certain jobs or get this certain payment that you are trying. Do that job come to you and say, well, I can meet you in the middle. Let's 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 have a conversation. No, they tell you these are the requirements of getting this job. And they're trying to very cunningly and very wise too. It's very wise because it, it can look very like, oh, that's nice. I like the way they, I like the way they doing that. But we're not here to have uh, panel talks with you. Now I'm talking to the preachers. God wants to talk to the preachers. We're here to preach the word. Right? We're here to preach the word of God. In Romans chapter 10, and I'm going to start at verse 9. Look what he says. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith in are saved. Verse 11, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly bless all who call on him. I love that verse. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Because for some reason, I don't know why people are scared to say things about certain Jewish. I don't understand these things. Everybody got to apologize every time somebody rebuke uh, the Jew. What is that about? It says the Jew and the Gentile is the same. We all in this the same. So, hey, if you sinning or if you coming against uh, people or if you uh, talking down on certain people or treating people bad, you can get rebuked too. I don't understand why. Why y'all act like y'all can't get rebuked? What is this about? Every time, you know, every every single time I'm saying it, we always got to apologize when we say something about the Jew. You can get rebuked too. This word can come for you too. This word coming for you too. I don't understand that, but I, I, I just wanted to go through that. It, let me read that again. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. Ain't nobody better than me. Ain't nobody better than you. 
Man. I mean, we worshiping people like like we gotta apologize to them. And, and I was telling uh my my brother, these people who be apologizing to them in public and on Instagram and you know, backtracking what they say, when y'all go apologize to Jesus. Let me know that. When y'all go apologize to God in public. Ain't nobody apologizing to God, though, for what you doing. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I can't. I, 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 it, it, it just disturbs my soul when I see that. And we apologizing to these people. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Yes, but what you mean to say then? Say what? Say it with your chest. What? What? What you trying to say? What are you trying to say? I want to apologize to to the Elemental P community, and I want to also apologize to the roach that I stepped on, and I also want to apologize for the trash that I spilled, and I also want to apologize to uh just you apologizing for everything. We gotta we apologizing for everything these days. I promise you. We got to apologize. I want to apologize for not putting the basket back to H-E-B. I understand that I hurt people's feelings and I hurt the basketball feelings. I apologize for that, man. For real. And I also want to apologize to the water boy. I, I seen you as a black man and you tried to hand me the water and I, I didn't want it. I didn't mean to disrespect you like that. I apologize. We got to apologize for every single thing. Everything we do, we apologize in these days. Show me a verse where Jesus apologized for what he preached. That he backtracked. Show me, go, go, go to the old uh, old testaments. Look at them prophets. Show me where they was backtracking, apologized. I want you to see how far that the man has been watered down. They're training us not to speak his word. This is that's that's all this is about. This has nothing to do with uh you saying something against a, a group of people or a certain situation. No, what they're doing is they're training you right now not to speak the word of God. This is bigger than what, what people see. This is all about the word of God and about God. Let me keep on reading. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Thank you, God, for richly blessing me. I know I don't come from a prestige family, God, or I may not have a lot of money or I may not own certain things. But, God, I just want to thank you for richly blessing me when I called on you. Thank you, God. Thank you. And we say things like that, and, and people still got to apologize. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Black man, if you call on the name of God, you will be saved. White man, if you call on the name of God, you will be saved. Uh, Mexican man, Mexican woman, uh, white woman, black woman, Chinese woman, Chinese man. Latino man, Latino woman, everyone, 
Jamaican man, Jamaican woman, Nigerian man, Nigerian woman. He said, everyone who calls on Jesus, if you call on him from a sincere heart, you will be saved. You will be saved. How then, in verse 14, still in Romans chapter 10 in verse 14, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they hear about this if we're not preaching to them? This goes back to what I was just talking about earlier. This is what I'm saying. Stop making the church a, a, a talk show. This is the church should not be TED talks. The church should not be motivational speaking. The church shouldn't be about uh, praise and worship concerts. They need to hear the preaching of the word. Why? Because according to God's word, he said that's how people get saved. Do we want to see people saved? Well, why we need to see people saved? What? Because we don't want them going to hell. We just talked about that. We don't want people going to hell. I hope not. I hope you don't want people going to hell. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? God started this preaching. This is the way God has set up that this is how people would get saved. I'm a sin preachers. And I love the fact that God say, I'm a sin preachers. I'm a sender. And you know, I'm a, it's going to be me who send them. Why? Because they're going to preach my word. This is how you know they've been sent by God. They're going to preach the word of God. Thus says the Lord. If you see people preaching some other gospel or some other type of preaching and it's not centered on Christ and repentance, it's not sent by God, clearly. Verse 15 says, and how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Amen. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Ain't that the truth? How beautiful are they feet? And they, they, and they and they extra beautiful when they got some, you know, Nikes on with it, right? Some dunks on, right? Some Converse on with it, right? They real beautiful then, right? So I want you to know God is saying, hey, your feet is beautiful. Your life is beautiful when you're going to tell people about the gospel. You may say right now that your life looks like a living hell, that your life is in chaos, that your life doesn't feel like it's important. It doesn't feel like it's successful. But I want you to know, if you just start walking towards somebody to present them with the gospel, God is saying, how beautiful is your life? How beautiful is your life? Don't forget 
what you have been created for. I'm going to read Joel. I'm going to go to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, and I'm going to start at verse 12. A call to repentance. Joel was talking about. Verse 12, it says, that is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Turn to me now. There's no better time than right now to turn to God. You're rating, you keep saying things like, I'm trying to get, I'm, I want to wait till I get right before I really come to God. When is that going to ever be? You keep putting God off like you have time. The more you put God off, the harder your heart gets, believer. Prodigal son, prodigal daughter. Do you know that? The more you put God off, the harder your heart becomes. He says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Give me your heart. The reason why we can't give God to our heart because we already gave it to something else. You already have given it to something else. Now the Holy Spirit right now is speaking to you what you've given your heart to. He's, he's showing you right now. Now, now that he's shown you what you have given your heart to, he want to ask you this question. How's that working out for you? How's that working out for you? That thing that you're giving your heart to, has it brought you peace? Has it brought you joy? Has it brought you purpose? Has it sustained you? Is it bringing you life, that thing you're giving your heart to? Does it bring you consistency? Or is it a roller coaster? You might as well go to Astroworld. Shout out to the dungeon drop. Because that thing that you gave your heart to, that's what it is, a dungeon drop. It says, give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Fasting, weeping, mourning. What I'm weeping over, you're seeing. You're weeping over how you've been doing, God. You're in mourning because you know, like, that you know you've done something wrong. When the last time you just really get along with God and really weep over the things that you have done to him? 
This is what happens when revivals start to take place in your life. It happened to Isaiah. He said, whoa, <laughs> he made guys and of unclean lips. Mm. That revival start happening. We're so quick to think like when revival happens that, that we automatically probably like get visions and dreams and we have a word to speak to people. Man, when revival really happens to you, y'all, you see who you are. You see how unclean you are. That's the first step of revival, man. You, you, you start to see like, whoa. Why? Because you're getting a glimpse of who God is. Again, we're, we're steady trying to find ourselves. We're steady trying to uh, tackle past trauma. And, you know, uh, I'm dealing with some, I get it. Uh, no, I don't. I, I really don't. I'm sorry, I don't. I, I don't that this talk that we this 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 conversation that this world is having, it's all these things, but nobody is telling you you gotta repent. See, even even this type of talk is gonna make it seem when you talk like this, it's gonna be like, oh my god, they so insensitive. They so unsensitive. They don't understand. I do. I understand that man has to repent. Woman has to repent. That trauma that you're dealing with, do you understand God can uh, touch you one time and that trauma be gone? See, that's how I know people don't know God. They don't understand one touch from God. And all that trauma and uh, mental health you're dealing with and uh, whatever happened, your daddy didn't hug you a lot. I don't know what's going on, but one touch from God. People didn't play with you at the playground or something. I don't know what's going on. You've been rejected. I get it. But look, one touch from God. Well, how can I get that touch from God then since, you, since, since I just need to repent? Hey, turn to him. Give me your heart. You've been having, see, you be trying to come, to, but you have stepping. You want to, see, we want this old, we want the kingdom of God, but we really ain't trying to sacrifice like that. We really ain't trying to sacrifice like that. We want the kingdom, but we really ain't trying to, uh, you know, repent and turn to Jesus and accept Jesus. I know we want the kingdom because that's why everybody walking around here talking about kings and queens. What's up, King? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, my queen? What's good? How you doing, queen? Let me let me open that door for you, queen. And and, and ain't nobody repented yet. <laughs> that tells me, see, we want the kingdom, but we don't want to repent. That's like, let's take it to the corner real quick. Let's take it to this uh, natural. That's like people won't. People want a, a, a wifey or people want a husband, but they don't want to, you know, get married. They want the qualities of a wife. They want the qualities of a husband without marriage, without commitment. 
And that's what majority of this society wants. They want a kingdom lifestyle, but they don't want to repent. They don't want to turn up. They don't want to sacrifice anything. You know, and this is, and we're passing this mindset down to our, to our, to our children. So they're going to come to God just thinking like, well, I'm a, I'm a king. My mama said I was a king. So give me the kingdom, God. What? <laughs> My mama, hey, I, I'm a queen. I, everywhere I went, they said I was a queen. So where's my kingdom, God? What? You haven't even repented. Have you even accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Come on, man. We got to stop that. We have to stop that. He says, don't tear your clothing in your grief. I'm in verse 13, but tear your hearts instead. Tear your hearts instead. Look how intimate God is getting. Look how, look how serious God is. He's dealing with the end reports. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate. He is. When you begin to turn and God sees that you for real. He's merciful and compassionate. And some of us, we can, we can attest to that right now. Everybody in the, under the sound of my voice can attest to that. He's been very compassionate with you this week. You know that. You don't got to tell nobody what you did. We already know. He's been merciful with you. You already know that. I already know that. You feel me? He's been very merciful for us and compassionate. That's what happens when we start to return to God, you know? He's slow to, he's slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Ain't you happy God is slow to anger when it comes to you? I'm going to go ahead and put my hand up. Let me go ahead and put my, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that he just slow to anger when he's dealing with me. Because sometimes you can be, I'm slow to move to his word. You know, I'm kind of slow to move. I know, I, I feel him nudging me, but, you know, I'm like, uh, mm, no, I ain't know. I know he want me to give more, but I'm like, uh, mm -mm. I got some things I need to get first. Mm. I know he want me to give more of my time. And I know, he been telling me to fast. I know he have, but, you know, mm -mm. let me go to, uh, let me go to a couple of restaurants first before I start fasting. This is how I know that we, we slow to move. Every time, <laughs> every time God lets us know that, you know, we need to start sacrificing or maybe fasting, we'll check out our schedules. <laughs> we are so <laughs> Oh my God. We, we'll start checking out our schedule. We're like, uh-uh, this week I got to go. Uh-uh, so I can't fast. Not right now. Because they having a party and okay, no, -uh. and I know they're gonna be cooking some real good. <laughs> we will put God on hold when we... I'm sorry, y'all. Sometimes I just be talking, I just be talking to myself. I'll be up in here uh, just clowning with myself. But for real though, gotta let it gotta probably let us know. Look, y'all need to start fasting. He is probably tell he probably tells the people right now, you need to start fasting come September. The first thing we go do, we go start, we go look at our schedules and see. 
okay, is there any parties going on? Is there, <laughs> there any family reunions going on? Because, uh-uh, I ain't going to be able to do that fast. <laughs> and we put God off like that. We got to stop playing, y'all. Tell somebody, say, I got to stop playing. I got to stop playing with God. Uh, but, yeah, especially, hey, hey, us, us believers who been in this thing for a while, hey, we got to start getting a fasting lifestyle. I'm just, let's just be real. You know, we got to start getting a fasting lifestyle because that's what it takes to walk with God. Okay? So all jokes aside, hey, start off small though. Honestly, start off small, but it should be lifestyle for us. Especially us who are, you know, beginning to be leaders. God is, he's moving you up. He's giving you much, you know, to much is given, much is required. Hey, when you start to get much for God, your life has to be, you have to have a fasting lifestyle. Okay? Again, take your time with it. We're not talking about rushing. God, again, it's so, God is compassionate. So he understands. He understands why you snuck off and ate that chicken. Right? He understands why you snuck off and ate that burger. He get it. He understands why you snuck off and, you know, ate them crackers. He get it. But let's start off. Do not, you know, despise the day of small beginnings. Okay. He said he's slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. Unfailing love. When we see these attributes of our wonderful God, merciful, compassion, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love. If we're trying to be like him, these are the type of attributes we should be displaying, excuse me, to the world around us. Are you slow to anger? Or are you just a hothead? Damn. You go to zero to a hundred real quick. I used to be like that. Oh, I used to be a hothead, y'all. For sure. I used to be a hothead. But as I began to turn to God more, as I began to mourn over, you know, being a hothead, I used to be, it, it hurted me when I was a hothead. This is how you know God is changing you. When it starts to hurt you to be a hothead. You don't say things like, well, that's just me. You ain't, uh uh-uh, you ain't getting it yet. See, when people talk like that, that's just me. It it hasn't touched them yet. But when you begin to mourn over the things that you do, you know, there's somebody right now, you just leaving some hype house. I know, I'm telling you, because God, he now is showing, I'm going to be talking to all type of people. You just left some hype house, right? You just, man, you just left some, some good, right? You just left your dude house, right? But you don't feel good about it. I want you to know, hey, you're on the right path. You're on the right path. It's it's starting to, you know, it, it's starting to be painful for you to, to, to commit fornication like that. It's starting to be painful to you to, you know, roll up like that. It's starting to be painful for you to kill people like that. Rob people like that. To lie. It's, it's, it's painful to you. I want you to know, hey, you're on the right path. I want you to keep on coming to God. When it starts to hurt, when that sin begins to hurt, and you start to have a conscience about it. And it starts to make you kind of sweat. Hey, 
you are on the right path. Keep turning. Keep turning. He's slow to anger and he and, he, and he's filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. He's eager to, hey, let me go ahead and not punish these people. They turn, oh, let me go ahead and withhold my judgment then. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm eager. See, God is eager not to uh, bring judgment on your life. And if we're honest, we know he's been very patient. If you honest with your, some of y'all right now, you looking over your shoulder, you're like, ooh, when is God going to bring that judgment? You know you out there wilding. And you just really kind of waiting. you like, any day now. <laughs> any day them feds can kick my dough in. I already know. Any day now. I already know. I, I ain't even. That's how you live in your life right now. You, 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 any day. Any day. But God is saying, I'm eager not to bring judgment on you, son. I'm eager not to bring judgment on you, young lady. So turn to me. And then he says in verse 14, in Joel chapter 2, in verse 14, he said, who knows? Perhaps he would give you uh, a chance and send you a blessing instead of his curse. So God out here sending curses. Mm-hmm. Send, perhaps he will send you a blessing instead of a curse. That's why I tell you, I ain't scared of no witch. Warlocks, I ain't scared of that. I ain't scared of no voodoo. I'm not scared of that. I'm scared of God bringing a curse on me. But have you been taught that? See, God out here can send a curse your way. We know about the blessings. That's for sure. We know about the blessings, right? But God say, hey, instead of a curse. So that was just Joe. Just wanted to read that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? As, I, as we just, just go through this word a little bit. Just go through the word. Just go through the word. Hey, uh, to everybody uh, out there also, another thing. Hey, you must be born again. That's another, you know, word that we don't hear a lot. But, hey, in order to accept the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Born again. John chapter 1 and verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are all God's children. That's a lie. Shout out to Mari. That is a lie. Well, how you well, how you gonna say that? Why well, you gonna say we not all God's children? Let me read this again. John chapter one and verse twelve. Yet to all who did receive him, who is him? He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus to those who believe in His name, in the name of Jesus. He gave the right to become children of God. You have to accept Jesus to become a, a child of God. So before you, you know, you out here talking, about, I'm a son of a, I'm son of God. I'm a daughter of the most high. Oh, wait a minute. Who have you accepted Jesus? Have you been born again? And this is basic stuff. This is the, this is the foundation of our faith, you guys. But because we live in a crave, starved, 
generation who wants success, who is lustful for success, we have been skipping over these fundamental, fundamental foundation things of what it is to be a child and a believer of God, a believer of Jesus. We gotta get, we gotta get this down. We have to get these things down. In John chapter three and verse three, it says, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. See? God wants to bless you and God, he's has, he has accepted you. Give your life to God. God has accepted you today. If you came here today, God wants to bless you. God has invited you into his family. Come on up here and give, and, and you have been accepted into the family of God. Have they been born again? Have, have you been born again? John chapter three and verse seven, he says, and you should not be surprised at my saying. You should not be surprised what the preacher is preaching to you right now. Again, and I guarantee you, it is a shock to some of you guys. Why? Because this has not been being preached. He says, you should not be surprised at my saying. What is that saying? That you must be born again. Just, just be honest with yourself, and you don't have to say. It, but think, think about it. Have you been hearing that as much as we're supposed to about being born again? I'm hearing about steps. I'm hearing about. I hear about a lot of steps, but I want you to know we have been missing the important step, which is being born again. But we got 10 steps to this and 10 steps to know that this is in your life and 10 steps to know that uh, Burger King is around the corner and 10 steps to know that Subway is the way to go and 10 steps to know that you're supposed to go here and 10 steps to know that this is the person who needs to be in your life and five steps to know that this is the person. Man, look here. I ain't worried about all them steps. Why? Because it says the steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord. So look, I don't need to worry about all them steps. Can we get the basic fundamental steps right first? Man, we got to come on now. Come on, people of God. We got we to gotta tell people these things. We have to be able to tell these things to people. Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 26. And the reason I ju we just flow through the word like this, because it's all good. You know, everywhere we go, it's, it's, it's good. That's what I like to do on a podcast and, and uh, on the underground. I like to just flow through the word, you know, and just see what God, because we speaking to all type of different people right now. All type of different people. So uh, my beautiful, uh, lovely, chocolate, pregnant uh, wife, uh, she made some cards with the uh, podcast, you know, and everything on it. So yeah, I got a thousand cards. So y'all already know what's been going down. Oh, everybody been getting these things. So you people go, is this word is gonna go out? And so 
what God is saying, we got to be able to speak all across. The, we want to speak to the world about repentance and how everybody has to accept Jesus Christ in order to receive the kingdom of God. Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 26, you are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. You must be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. Let that verse seek in for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. Because we have this promises, dear friends, I'm talking to you guys, my dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our bodies or spirit and let us work toward complete holiness. Let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. I'm working towards complete holiness because I fear God, not because I fear bishop, not because I fear pastor, not because I fear a certain religion, not because I fear what people will think of me. I'm working towards holiness because I've been set apart for God. And I fear him and I want the best to be presented to him. Amen. Second Timothy. Chapter two and verse 20, second Timothy, chapter two and verse 20, it says in a large house. There are utensils are made of gold and silver. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. Holy and sanctified are we to be, and only to be used by God. Question the Holy Spirit want to ask you, who been using you lately? What have you set yourself apart for? Because he's asked you to be holy and set apart. Only used by him. Have you been letting a woman use you lately? If you have, you haven't been holy and sanctified, set apart. Have you been letting a man use you lately? Have you been letting your children use you lately? Have you been letting that gang use you lately? Young lady, have you been letting that club owner use you lately? Have you been letting money use you lately? Check this out. Let this hit your heart. Have you been letting the ministry, ministry use you lately? Let that sink into your heart What the Holy Spirit is saying. Some of us is letting ministry use us. You're letting a title use you. And that's why your life cannot be set apart for God, because you have so many other things that is using you. 
That's why God has called you to be, be ye separated. The word, when, when it was talking about utensils, I just got this example. What's crazy is that, and we know about separations. Think about when uh, Thanksgiving come along and you have all this food. Don't we have different utensils for each food? We even know that we need to separate certain utensils. So how come we don't know that we must be separated when it comes to walking with God? You know not to take the mashed potato spoon and go dip it in the bean spoon. Why? Because you don't want things to be mixed. You don't want the potato salad to get contaminated with the bean juice. You don't want the corn to get contaminated with the black eyed peas. You know, you don't want to mix those things. So you have different utensils. And I'm letting you know that you're supposed to be set apart, but you have been dipping utensils in different places and it's starting to get on your holy sanctified robe that you wear. Stop mixing your utensils, my brother. Stop mixing your utensils, woman of God. Be ye separated. It may feel lonely for a time, but it's going to be the best decision that you make. Come out from among them. It's okay to walk alone. It's okay to walk this path by yourself. It is up to you to show people that it can be done. So be ye separated. There's people around you that you need to show, hey, this is what a separated, sanctified, holy life looks like when you're walking with God. They need to see it. There's no angel coming down from heaven that's going to show them. No, it is you who's supposed to be the represent representation of that. You have been called to do that. Rise to the occasion, man of God. Rise to the occasion, woman of God. He's calling you to do that. I'm going to read. Uh, I'll start here. Man, it'd be so much. Uh, <laughs> it'd be so much. I, I just be going through and I'd be like, man, because, you know, throughout the week, I just be writing notes in my phone. And when I get in here, I'd be noticing like, whoa, this is a lot. And so I'd be want to be mindful of what the Holy Spirit is telling me, you know. Don't want to overshare. But I, uh, revival needs to happen. 
you know, my wife gave me a word about being a revival and that being the next stage of what God wants to do. And I automatically felt that word and, and started walking it, you know, because we need revival, you guys. We need our hearts to be revived. We need our minds to be revived. We need a new commitment with God. He's become second place in our life. Some He's become third, fourth place. He's way down on the list. And the only way we put him up to the top is when we get hurt or when somebody leaves or when, you know, that when the number one spot becomes open, that's where we say, okay, guys, you can be right here. And nah, nah. What I'm talking about revival is that God becomes everything. He becomes everything. And everything else will fall into place. That is the revival we need in order to fix our families, in order to fix our nation, in order to fix our communities. And last, in order to fix ourselves. We need a revival from God. We need God to breathe. Every day. Breathe unto me, God. Breathe unto me, God. Just breathe your character into me, God. Breathe your mind. Breathe your attributes into me, God. I'm really trying to walk this walk, God. So just breathe unto me, God, please. Cry out to God, people. Because this war around you is only going to get intense and more worse. Strap up, soldier. It's wartime. I appreciate you coming to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. A place to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into us. This is a place where repentance starts and revival is beginning and who am i i'm just the voice of one calling out saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is still at hand